0: Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. She's a director of a financial, clerical and executive search firm based in Droitwich called Four Squared Recruitment and owned by accountancy firm Ballards LLP. Born and bred in Worcestershire, she's also spent time working in London where she ran her own boutique headhunting firm. From her recommendations on LinkedIn, it seems that she takes great care to build long-lasting relationships with her clients and I imagine this is a big part of her success. She is Emma Richardson. How are you doing, Emma?
1: Very well, thank you, Dan. Good. Thank you for having me.
0: No, thank you for coming in. Um, As we were just saying before, you're super busy at the moment, so I appreciate you taking the time to come down and uh, and do this. But, um, yeah, and just before we get started, you're at 4-squared.com?
1: Yeah, 4-squared.com.
0: People can go there and um, either register or...
1: Yeah, have a look at our. Uh, we've got all our live vacancies on the website, mm-hmm. um, so they can register their their details and um, find out a bit more about us as well.
0: Okay, and that would be people in the sort of professional services, generally or generally.
1: Could no, so it could be so that the kinds of people we find jobs for, um, as long as they're working in either finance. Or clerical support roles Mm -hmm. they could be working at um, any kind of business
2: so it could be
1: um, manufacturing it could be professional services it could be um, you know food production absolutely anything but as long as they work sort of within finance and um, clerical support roles
0: okay excellent all right that's uh, yeah uh, that's cool because then people know Exactly who to send your way, and when someone says, "I'm looking for someone for, you know to fill this," f- I don't know head of finance or yeah whatever it is. It's like okay, know know where to send you.
1: No, absolutely, <laughs> and yeah, and it's those kind of roles: head of finance, um, purchase ledgers, sales ledgers, bookkeepers, or it could right. be a you know a PA or a sales admin um, and anything officey mm-hmm. based
0: okay yeah yeah yeah. I sort of uh, I bang on to people quite a lot about the power of kind of having a niche and yes a specialism and because it it's like turned my business well not turned it around but it's really like helped catapult it really in the last couple of years just having that I was saying to you before about you know specializing in the sort of industrial stuff and it makes such a difference
1: I think it's a really good point particularly in recruitment, because your your clients so the businesses that are looking for the staff you know are paying paying you a fee mm-hmm. and you know to me part of that fee is to tap into your network so if you're not you know if you're not experienced and and if you don't have a specialism within that particular field, you haven't got a network of of good people to tap into. You know, because we, we don't all find candidates anymore or job seekers from putting adverts out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got to dig a bit deeper. So really, from a recruitment agency, you're looking for their network and you're looking for support and advice on what you're recruiting for. And right, if somebody yeah. isn't a specialist within that field, um, you know, can they offer that, that kind of advice, really?
0: Mm-hmm. Is, is, it, is it quite common in the recruitment than to have specialists, or
1: yeah, I I I think it is. Yeah. Um, people recruiters usually find find their niche. Mm. Um, you know, it does it doesn't mean that you can't? I I throughout my career, I've gone into different areas of recruitment, so it mm. doesn't mean you can't um, you can't swap. But I think people tend to find their niche. They then become very knowledgeable about that market. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like, a, you know, someone recruiting temps usually, you know, knows a lot about the temp market.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, somebody recruiting salespeople will have a good grip on what makes a good salesperson, where to find them, they'll have them in their network. Um, so you, you, you don't necessarily want to be too niche, mm. um, but I think you, you, it is your job um, to know the market that you're recruiting in, and yeah. then you will add value. To the yeah. recruitment process for your clients, and that's what they're paying you for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, cause like we were saying before, it's all people. As I mean, like any business, it it's is. all people. But maybe it, it even more so for you guys. Well, it
1: really is in recruitment. <laughs> it, it we we are selling people. Yeah. Um, you know, and into businesses, and businesses are people. So yeah. it it's all about finding the right match, connecting the right people. Um, you know, getting like-minded people together, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully then that adds value to that business um, because b- business is all about people.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and they're going to come back to you. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you if you place the right person with them and, and all yeah, the rest of it,
1: definitely. And and we 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 get lots of repeat business because of that. And also, um, you know, we might come across somebody that we know is good for someone's business and and make that introduction without there being a need within the business but it's because we know the sorts of people that they go for we you know it's really important when we're taking on vacancies that we get to grips with a company's culture Mm -hmm. um you know their vision their it's easy to put a job together of responsibilities um and that's quite straightforward to find somebody who's got a certain set of responsibilities and experiences but it's actually the the really tricky part of the role is getting the right person fit
2: right um
1: and you can't get the right person fit unless you've been to a business you've you've you know we've got to get to grips with it quite quickly Mm -hmm. um, and we don't work in those businesses but we spend a lot of time trying to understand that business, what makes it tick, mm-hmm. what the kind of, you know, traits that the business look for in their, have in their employees and look for in their potential employees. Um, and it's all about culture and that that yeah. that's massive now.
2: Yeah, um,
1: yeah. You know, identifying what it feels like to work in a mm-hmm. business, you know, what, what the vision of the business is um who where the business wants to be and bringing those people on who've got you know who are like-minded um mm. and who share that 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 Mm. kind of vision and those core values it's all about core values so it it, it is actually very difficult to recruit for a business when they haven't um when that kind of stuff isn't very evident right okay but again, if you go to a business, you spend some time with people within the business, it, you, can, you can pick up on the nuances uh, of it. Um, okay. And all of that, you can't write down on a job spec. <laughs> um, you just have to get to grips with as a recruiter and then, then you can go out and hopefully find the right match.
0: Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard people say like recruit for, is it recruit for sort of attitude rather than- Definitely. You know, experience.
1: De- definitely, because you can, you know, it's so obvious, but you, you can teach experience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but you, you absolutely can't teach attitude. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I see this in clients, but I see it in my own business with my own team um, and the people that, that, that I've worked with, you know, throughout my career. It, it is always in the attitude
3: yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah of the person
0: yeah yeah so you need to go in and like say spend a bit of time with that business to yeah understand it and to get under the you skin sort of it talk to a few different people in the business and
1: definitely
0: yeah, and the okay. business
1: owners you know that's not always possible in in big businesses mm-hmm. um but yeah you you can and as recruiters we often have previously recruited for businesses so we've got a feel for them um mm-hmm. You know, we, we hear what job seekers say about different businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we're always hoovering up information. That, mm-hmm. That's what recruiters do. They,
3: yeah. you know,
1: they, they, what pa- gives them power and enables them to help the process is, is gathering information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we're, you know, that, that's what we spend our time doing.
2: Right,
3: um,
1: yeah. And then we can kind of hopefully then sort the problem out. And the problem always is um i need someone to come and work in the business because we need yeah. this jo- job doing so we're, we're providing a solution yeah um so, so yeah there's a lot of listening goes on in yeah
0: moment. yeah but yeah <laughs> so if you're uh you know if you've got a candidate that comes to you how do you quickly figure out their attitude and beliefs
1: you've You've got to do a number of things. So when they 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 come into the business via a few different routes. So they might have responded to an advert. Um, Mm -hmm. We might have approached them via our network. Mm -hmm. Um, So they may already be known to us. And we have kind of made those um, made those judgments, made those assessments. Um, So we're just building on that. but people change, pe- pe- people's attitude doesn't change, but people's mm. requirements change. If it's if it's a job seeker that's new to us, we will ideally, um, we do an initial sort of telephone screen with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: we will bring them either into the office. That's obviously a little bit more, has been a little bit more problematic with COVID. Mm-hmm. So we will interview them on, um, you know, Teams or something like that. And we will go through their CV, go through their their non-CV life, their home life, their, you know, their push, their pull, their motivations, their, um, oh, yeah. you know, every, everything, really, and try to kind of work out where it is they might be happy. But you're, you know, interviewing is you're sort of spending an hour with somebody, but you've, you know, it, you're also assessing how they are responding to your emails. Okay, how yeah. they are, are they returning your phone calls?
3: Yeah.
1: What, you know, the way they conduct themselves. Um, often you are looking at body language, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's all those little things going on around you, and how they're treating you as a recruitment agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of that piece together, um, you know, can get us to the point where we think actually, yeah, this person would suit this business, um, or this person, you know, we'll put together a short list and then we'll, you know, we'll send those candidates off to the client. And sometimes, um, sometimes we will be a bit imaginative. You know, Mm -hmm. a, a client will say to us, this is what I want. But we, you know, we've made that assessment. We've provided those people, and then we've got a couple of candidates that actually are a little bit different. But mm-hmm. for the reasons, you know, we think that your business actually might benefit from someone like this mm-hmm. because of X, Y, and Z. Right, you, you've okay. told me that you need this doing in your accounts team. Um, actually, are you sure you need that, or would this person be perhaps, you know, yeah, a, a, good, sure. a good value adder? So it's it's. It's just a time thing. It's just yeah. spending the time. It's getting to know people. But we need to do that quickly because clients will phone up and say, um, I need you know, two bookkeepers by close of play <laughs> next week. So you know, you've, you, you've got to do a lot of that quite quickly. But I think yeah. as you, if you are experienced in recruitment and you've not, not just that though, you need to have emotional intelligence. Yeah. You need to be able to listen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and listen to the things that aren't said
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and you can kind of piece that together right,
0: um, right yeah. you know
1: sometimes it it you get it wrong mm-hmm. but on the whole um, yeah, yeah. It, it tends to work
0: It's quite yeah quite a sort of intense process in a way I mean I can imagine that I'm sure it's like you know you you probably the sort of thing that kind of drives you but I can imagine it's quite tiring really because it's quite sort of uh, emotionally draining in a way.
1: Yeah, it it it, it can be. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's it's what you're used to as a recruiter. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it it's actually inter- interesting in lots of ways yeah. and and you also you look at where people have worked previously. That gives you a steer
3: yeah. on the kind
1: of cultural environments that they've been in.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so and and it sounds like a long-winded process but actually a good recruiter can get to grips with all of this stuff very quickly you
2: right.
3: okay. um
1: you know by asking quite a lot of just direct questions mm. um but you've got to ask the questions
3: yeah um
1: yeah. and not assume um you know i i've i've you know when i first started started out in recruitment it's easy to make judgments
0: yeah but yeah.
1: you know you do need to take the time to to unpick things yeah um, you know listen to the narrative um, yeah yeah so it sounds yeah, exhausting but you, you, you do it intuitively
0: yeah 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 no it's a bit like when we go on shoots and stuff and our clients are exhausted by the end of the day from yeah. the day of shoot and we've got another one the next day and the next yeah. day because you kind of but you're used to it and you enjoy it and yeah. it's um, it's okay isn't it it is
1: it <laughs> is What what's exhausting um, emotionally, is um, when you've gone through the whole process and you've, you know, you've, you've found two, two parties that match yeah. and then it doesn't work. It, it, you uh, know, it doesn't, yeah. the, 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 somebody makes a job offer and that's then turned down or right, um, okay. you know, something goes wrong. That, that's tiring yeah. um, because it's, that's when we make our sale, if yeah, you like, yeah, sure. um, but it has to be right. Yeah. Um, so when it sort of all falls down at the final hurdle, um, <laughs> you as a recruiter have got to pick yourself back up and and start, and start all start over again. again. Yeah,
0: sure. um,
1: and it's the same in lots of industries. Yeah. Um, and you get used to that. But but it, it, it never... It, it's always it always is a bit hard when yeah, it happens yeah, and imagine. you've got to self-motivate yeah. um, and that's where your team is so good yeah um yeah. you know we we can pick each other back up
0: when that happens mm-hmm. yeah yeah sure yeah, i can imagine and you don't really have it's not like you have much control over that no kind of, uh, you know what happens when they go and interview with the the company that you've set them up with it's just kind of no you don't you just got to wait to speak to them afterwards and see how it went
1: you do and you can (laughs) you know because the the other thing you're doing as a recruiter um is kind of making these little judgments not just on the person but also how will they perform in the interview you know so you're so you've assessed them yourself you so you'll you you'll have a pretty good gut feeling that they're going to perform well, because you know, of course, what the client likes. Mm -hmm. So, and you've put them forward because you know the client will like them. You've seen how they speak and how they Mm -hmm. represent themselves. So you've got a pretty good idea that they'll do well. Or it might be that they are somebody who um, is very good but isn't going to present themselves. You don't feel they're going to present themselves in interview mm-hmm. quite as strongly as you would like them to. So you can work with them with that.
2: Right, so okay. you,
1: you, you know, your role as their agent is to um, help them put themselves forward in the best light. It's the same with your clients. Your role mm-hmm. as the agent is to help the client put themselves forward in the best light as well Mm -hmm. but you're right you 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 literally lose control um and and that's fine and (laughs) and and hopefully you know interviews are about showing a potential employer who you are and actually that is who you are you you need to do that um and it will either work or it won't yeah, and, and, sure. and actually, you know, it's people at the end of the day, and and we as recruiters, we we try to control everything, but we can't. <laughs> people will be people.
0: Yeah, very true, very true. Okay, so um, so you you grew up around Worcestershire, you're yes, you're local, yes. yeah, in Worcester, or?
1: no. So, so I grew up um, in a really small village called Whitbourne. Um, I don't know if you've heard I of it. I
0: haven't actually. No,
1: it's over towards Bromyard. Okay, so if you're yeah if you're um, going from Bromyard to Worcester mm-hmm. on the A44, there's mm-hmm. this a little village there called Whitbourne. okay. Um, and I, I grew up in um, a, a slightly unusual um, home. So we, when I was about four, we moved to um, a, a house called Whitbourne Hall. Which, right. Whitbourne Hall is a um, large stately home and it was um, owned by the Evans family um, for a number of generations. It 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 was then um, in the sort of mid sixties. The family that the Evans family that lived there um, couldn't carry on running a big, and it it, it is a big stately home. Right. So they so the son um, put an advert out in the newspaper inviting um people to come and live in a commune so the the family moved out and he he stayed bill evans and and people um responded and turned up Um, there was no no tech then people turned up um, (laughs) to come and live there so we didn't live there then that 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 carried on for a few years and then communes don't always work out so it, it it then um, in, sold bits of the stately home off to people that had come for the commune and also just to the open housing market. So right. my, my parents at the time um, were living in a um, a worker's cottage attached to a farm. At the time, my dad was a farm labourer. Okay. Um, so they scraped all their money together to buy a, a unit at Whitbourne Hall. Um right. So it had the commune element had ended, but it was very most of the commune people lived there. they just bought their bit. Um, right. so it was it was a a sort of cheap place to to buy a little bit of and then um, most people then did up their little bit. so you could either buy what would have been a bedroom, which right. a very large bedroom. Okay. so in in the main hall it, it it's a uh, it's got sort of like a main big um stately home bit which has got a, uh, all the bedrooms that go off a gallery so you could so those are are now flats um okay. sort of some of them Well, each
0: bedroom sort of thing. each
1: bedroom some right. of them might might be a two bed flat some of them are sort of five right. bed flats oh, wow. and then in the outbuild there were a number of outbuildings attached and my parents bought I think it was either that I can't remember if it's the laundry or the woodshed. Right. It it was in a house form, so don't think we just moved into a woodshed, <laughs> um, and then they converted it in, into um, the house they've got now. So it's it's wow. now a, a twenty units, um, sort of a, all these years on. It's it's um, it's it's a lovely place to live. It it's it's the houses sell on the open market it's just a but it's part of this stately home but when we were kids living there and most i think nearly all the families that lived there then had young children um and although we didn't it wasn't true commune living and we we didn't eat all of our kind of meals together and work on the land and that kind of thing it was very close-knit um, right, yeah. and all my, so it was like a ready-built gang of, you know, <laughs> sort of 15 mates, mates that all yeah, nice. there as well. And <laughs> then loads of land,
2: yeah. um,
1: loads of big rooms as well, so that the stately home has got, you know, ballroom, drawing room, dining room, library, so you've got all of that space um, as well as the, the grounds. Um, that we basically just roamed around wow. so um, Sounds yeah pretty cool. it I have to say <laughs> it was it was great it was very yeah. outdoorsy it, you yeah. know it, it, we we spent all of our time um, doing campfires you know building tree houses a lot of time digging underground dens <laughs> <laughs> um, which were never very nice um, <laughs> and had this ready built group of that lived there and then all of us sort of had friends around the village as well that would come right, over to Whitbourne okay. Hall and and that's really where we spent a lot of our time
0: yeah cool and your parents still live there now and my parents
1: yeah. still live there now oh, yeah cool. there's a few people that still live there um, from the original um, I think there's there's two families that live there from the original commune days right. um and a few units are still owned by people who've been there you know my per- parents have been there sort of nearly 40 years right. um right. and it, it it's it's very different now mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful to look to go and visit if you've ever if you're ever ever over there it's mm-hmm. um the gardens are are amazing but it and it's a wedding venue now so right. It, yeah. um as part of, because when you buy a unit there, you are um, response. You you become part of the limited company that looks after the house. So you are right. responsible um, for the upkeep of the house. So and that that that's a big big house. Yeah, so yeah. it it the communal rooms. The big communal rooms are rented out to wedding to okay. people who want to get married. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's a, a lovely place to get married. I got married yeah. there. Oh, nice. Mo- most <laughs> people that grew up got married there. Yeah, it yeah was, it's like home, getting it's married free, at home. It's a free wedding venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm yeah, getting married at home. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. And it, y- y- yeah, it, you wouldn't not do that if you could yeah, um, yeah. For, for free, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a, a complicated business to run if you're part of that limited company, though, to make all the decisions and everything
1: well it's 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 a community so there is a board um of directors um but yes it's although although now it's you know that that i don't think there's any children that live there you know most people that live there now are Um, they may listen to this or they might be offended but they're they're more like my parents age they're they're, you know their children are grown up and have left
3: Mm -hmm.
1: um because it it isn't a place there aren't many units left that you could buy and then do up most of them have already been done and are made into houses um but it is still communal it you've got your own property mm-hmm. but your gardens and all the communal spaces you do have to share right, and okay. um yeah with, with any group of people all sharing a single space <laughs> um I think it has its challenges but it but but on the whole it you know it's a it's a beautiful place to live yeah. and it, it was an amazing place to grow up yeah, um, yeah. because we you know it, it was very free we were in and out of each other's houses, you know, people didn't lock their doors. Mm. Um, we, you know, we always shared. All birthdays were shared. You <laughs> know, Halloween parties,
3: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Christmas parties. You know, it, it was it 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 was magical. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was yeah. lovely, <laughs> and it and it. But you you did have to. I think it probably got me. It's probably one of the reasons I went into recruitment. You know, there was a lot to see there. There were a lot of people existing in one space, lots of different dynamics between the adults, lots of different Mm -hmm. dynamics between the children. Um, And from us, you know, I I love watching people Mm -hmm. and I think that, and working out people and situations. And I think that's (laughs) definitely come from that kind of. being surrounded by lots of people yeah. throughout my childhood and you know you, you couldn't if you got say a doll's pram for christmas yeah. and you took that out onto the um tennis court or something that morning and it, it, it you know five boys would be sat in it you know 10 minutes later <laughs> and the wheel would have fallen off so it was you you were forced into um being patient and um chilled out really I yeah, think. yeah yeah um because you, you it was everything you everything was kind of a shared shared thing, even though you had your own house and everything it was still we we're in each other's lives
2: yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah and people also you know back then it because it was a relatively cheap place to come and live because you then built built your own house in a way like my dad worked but he built um he did up our their house Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful house now but he did that in his spare time whilst he retrained and and worked in um worked as an engineer so it was kind of you know everyone was doing that so there wasn't a lot of people didn't have loads of money um you know to buy great kids toys and things like that that we we seemed to do nowadays um so if somebody got something good (laughs) everyone was on it (laughs) everyone knew about it right (laughs) yeah but it Uh, you know it was nice it was simple it was just outdoorsy yeah we we just lived out you know we were constantly outdoors um sounds sounds nice knocking around basically just messing around with campfires um and you know animals and horses and all that kind of stuff
0: wow that's amazing sounds really cool yeah it was it was good <laughs> and uh, and so, so how about in school were you kind of uh, good academic you know did you get on with school or
1: um i loved school yeah. um but not not for the academic side mm-hmm. um i i i didn't i found it difficult to apply myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: for sc- school for me was all about the social it mm-hmm. was all about the people um, it didn't it didn't particularly engage me um, from an academic perspective right,
0: yeah
1: it was about friends and and really having you know i enjoyed having a laugh um <laughs> and my parents weren't they they definitely weren't pushy parents right
2: yeah. um
1: you know it was it, it they were guiding and, and brilliant but it was you know it, you need to do the work Emma mm. we, we could nag you and we will do but ultimately it is your responsibility and I just wasn't that interested in oh, that yeah. at school um, I didn't mind group work a bit of project work but any exam based things mm. I just switched off from because yeah. I just didn't want to put the time in and and you know scrape together five you Know and enough GCSEs to go to college. Um, you know, di- went to college really because everyone else was going to college mm. and definitely didn't want to get a, a full time job. I'd always done part time jobs and I'd always worked really hard actually in my part time job. So I've, you know, from quite a young age, I was well at Whitbourne Hall babysitting lots of little <laughs> yeah, children, that a good um, yeah, yeah. So that, that was great, <laughs> and then um. I worked in a care home for for many years at the weekend, which was, you know, hard work for a young person. Um, I've worked in factories and I've always worked hard. I just didn't, wasn't motivated to particularly work hard um, at school and college. Mm. So, and college I loved, but again, it was the social scene, it was the people. (laughs) Um, I just loved it. you know yeah. I just had such a great time making new friends and you know and and managed to again it's a bit of a theme scraped enough you know did enough to scrape yeah. you know scrape enough a levels to go off to university and, and again that was my dad you know it, it gave me the choice you you either go to university Emma or you get a job. And I'd been working on the phones at Kay's catalogue that summer, and I thought, oh,
0: oh, yeah, I, don't. I remember Kay's. Yeah, catalog. do you? I, think so, I was on yeah. the gold line, <laughs> um,
1: so I would, would be taking the orders when people phoned in. Um, and again, you know, it, that that was quite a good part-time job for yeah, yeah. someone in education. Um, it was better than working in a factory. It was better than a care home. Um, but I knew um, I I was bored. -hmm. So I thought, you know, I'll go to university. That will prolong the kind of the (laughs) working world a bit longer. Um, Yeah, and actually, it was at university that I sorted my act out and actually um, thought. Well, it it was a a friend of mine. Whilst I was at university, I I went there and messed, you know, messed around a bit in my first year, and then. You know she she said you know what are you what are you doing you know she yeah. she'd saved up money she was funding herself entirely to be at university she would right, caught yeah. the train to university on the day that we went you know i'd my parents took me up they were helping me financially they were you know supporting yeah, yeah, yeah. me and she was like what well, why are you you know why aren't you focusing um and and actually she was completely right you know yes. and and it, it's almost like the penny dropped yeah,
2: yeah, and i thought yeah.
1: actually um i need to i need to get a grip now and and actually do some work mm. and i did and mm. i worked hard and i i still had a good time i i definitely still enjoyed the social aspects of you know university i i loved all of that yeah. um, but i did work hard um and, and actually, that you know, I, I was pleased with that.
0: Yeah, what I bu- did you I study? Up.
1: So I did public relations and management.
0: Okay, right, okay.
1: Um, and, and I did really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I just bucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And thought, you know, just get a grip
0: and um,
1: <laughs> did. And, yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah, it's good, it good, that, good. that that time came at that point. And yeah. For a lot of us, it comes a bit later on in yeah. life, I think, doesn't I th- it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think... I think it's difficult, the, the education system, because everyone's different and, ev- and mm. the penny drops for everyone at a different stage. Um, yeah. But it's that the system doesn't really allow for that. No. Um, it's standardized um, and I can see that in my own children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think you've got to go on your journey and at some point, um, you know the the penny will drop and things will make sense and it did and then I was motivated to get my head down and and actually you know do some work and try and then I was you know I was pleased with the result
0: yeah that's a really good way of looking at it like when the penny drops because it kind of yeah it does for everybody doesn't it but at different stages some people are like six or something (laughs) some people are 56 and yeah but at some point you kind of yeah you're kind of like oh right okay now I see what I need to be doing yeah
1: (laughs) well you at some point you you know you need a plan almost you know what Mm. is the plan and I remember Mm. my dad saying that to me you know it's it it's it's great having fun you know but what is the plan Mm. it's like yeah and he's you know, and I remember him saying, "We, you know, it's the plan. You don't have to get 10 A stars, you know. That, that in fact you probably won't, Emma, because you haven't applied yourself to that.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a plan. And if the plan, you know, if 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 you need five Cs to go into college, that's the plan. So mm. aim for that. And actually, I think that's good. You mm. know, it it we." we're focused aren't we in education on achieving you know you've got to get those a stars you've got to get mm. those top grades and not everybody will do that mm. and that's okay
0: mm. yeah, it
1: doesn't yeah. um you know it is tricky if you want to be a doctor mm. and i see that now with the graduates that we recruit for businesses mm. you know if you want to be a, you know in in a certain pro- profession you do need those academics mm. so the sooner you recognize that the sooner you can make your plan and get them mm. um, but not everyone wants that but yeah. the, the system doesn't really allow that you know it does it, it's okay to not want yeah.
0: that you yeah see, that sounds like really good support from your dad and good, really yeah. good parenting
1: well he he he's he's just he's always been a you know an amazing Support, And I think he just gets the situation for what it is. And actually to pile a load of pressure on someone like me um, to get, you know, to achieve academically wasn't going to work. Mm. I wouldn't have done it. Mm. And therefore it's just disappointment then, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and you you just feel like you failed. You feel like you
1: failed and and you feel like a failure. And they, you know, both my parents never ever made me or my sister, I don't think, feel like failures. Mm. Um, you know, they supported everything that we wanted to do, and and it was always, you know, the the feeling of just have a go.
3: Mm. You know, the
1: worst thing mm. is not having a go. Mm. Have a go, and actually, mm. I I find with life, if you have a go, um, normally things things work out. Yeah, and if yeah. they don't, that's fine. It's a, it's a journey. It's a learning curve. Mm. Um, it moves you into a slightly different direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it is uh, it is interesting how you, like you say, there's that one way of yeah. assessing people. Because I was saying this to someone just a couple of days ago, actually. Like, I think I was I was kind of quite good at doing the exams, but learning for them last minute, really. But then afterwards not really retaining the information you know I could I'd worked out a system that worked for me where I needed to like put in a couple of weeks solid work and I'd have a schedule of revision and that was just enough to get me through the exams and I could then come out with good grades but really I, I you know you kind of feel like it's like a bit of a yeah. fraud almost because you kind of feel like you've done well in the exams, but you come out and you're like, yeah, I, don't, I can't really, I don't really can't understand it. it properly. <laughs> it's
1: interesting um, that because it's it, I've heard somebody speaking about that recently with the way that we haven't had exams because of COVID, oh, yeah. and in fact the girls, so that that's that's supposedly a very boy way of taking an exam that that's All more right. likely what the boys are prone to do to cram at the end do what they need to do to get through the exam whereas right. the girls and and obviously i'm being quite generous yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. girls are more likely to do more along the way and and so the recent results from gcse's and a levels and um, you know girls have done well mm. um but the boys haven't had that opportunity you know they they haven't had those exams to kind of cram for and do (laughs) at the end and um, it's it it's the way the system is isn't it I don't think there's a right or wrong Yeah, Um, yeah it's a real skill to be able to cram you know cram for an exam and know what to take in to get through that exam
0: yeah but it's always kind of doing something to please it the is. kind of gatekeepers above you, are not really—it's not really got any substance.
1: to... Enough to get to the next. Yeah, to the yeah. next kind of set of gatekeepers, and yeah. you're always
0: kind of doing something to please yeah. other people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is, but it's the way the system's set up. So yeah, it, you know yeah. those, and and you probably retain more than you, you know, you think maybe.
0: Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, though. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, where did you head off to university then?
1: So I went to um, the University of Central Lancashire, which is based in Preston. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'd never been to Preston. I was, because I'd, you know, not focused on my A-levels, I was limited on my choices. Yeah, yeah. I think my dad, well, most of the choices were London-based. And I think my dad steered the Preston option (laughs) for money. Um, It was a lot cheaper up there. And I think um, it felt like probably going down to London at that point would have been... I would have loved it, I'm sure. You would have got properly distracted. Yeah, (laughs) properly distracted. So I think going up there to a similar-sized town to Worcester... Um, was, yeah. was good and and it was brilliant I, I loved you know really loved university mainly a, a theme for the people I met um, yeah. and the experiences I had but yeah moving you know university is is great I think for totally putting you outside your comfort zone as a young person mm. and making a whole new life for yourself without anything that you're you know any any of your home yeah um, and it's 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 a shame now because obviously when I went to university I I got a small grant mm-hmm. um, I was lucky my parents were able to offer support as well and I worked through university mm-hmm. as well I had you know endless temp and part time bar jobs and things like that mm-hmm. um, but now obviously going to university incurs a huge cost yeah, um, yeah. but it it I would still recommend it to anyone. Um, because you're, you're, you're free, aren't you? You're, you're, you're on your own in the world. Yeah, that's how yeah. you feel at the time.
0: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I I often feel like I'd struggle to recommend it. Would just you, would because you. of the, the level of debt that yeah. people come out with. You know, what is it, like 60 grand that's or crazy. something? And I just feel like that's a really heavy burden. Yeah. Uh, and a stress because, yeah. you know, because I know because we, we we had some de- a while ago, and it stresses you out, yeah. and, and and weighs down on you. And I just, I don't know. I feel a bit like there's so many opportunities to learn outside of there are. that way of doing it now that I I, I guess I feel like I'd struggle. Yeah, anyway. I think
1: it's 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 a really challenging one um it does give you great life experiences but who's mm. to say you can't get those elsewhere
2: yeah
1: the, the debt thing is a real consideration
3: yeah.
1: um you know you're a young person aren't you you you, you want to get on the property ladder at some point all of those things you don't know what
0: it feels like to be in debt either no. at that point it's just an abstract figure isn't yeah. it really that you think well, you can't get, you get your head back sometimes no
1: well it's all, almost like a tax isn't it? Yeah. i suppose you've got yeah. to look at it um as a as a tax that you're paying um and and I, I, maybe this is a bit deep, but I'm just just thinking to myself it's it's almost like normalizing debt as well, isn't it, From, no, it is. f- for very young people
0: it is yeah. and and
1: that's quite a dangerous path to go down yeah um but and and now you're right you know we just within the accountancy side of the business within ballards we we now have um school leavers we don't just recruit graduates anymore right. we have you know people straight out of um a levels mm. um and that that th- that route is is a good route now that you mm. know there's, there's it's not i think the recruitment world now has moved away from being very strict about graduates
0: mm-hmm. and
1: has gone much back you know back into the whole apprenticeship um scheme and getting people in via other routes which i think is good
3: yeah i think it's good um, because i i
1: I think it's a as you say a big a big decision to take on that debt and it's a shame because university is is a really empowering or can be an empowering enriching experience Mm -hmm. um so yeah
0: yeah no it's a yeah big like you say, big decision, big subject. But, big um, subject. It's, uh, big subject. Yeah, we'll leave, leave. So, so after university,
1: so I, hmm. I, I, don't know well. that one. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> right. So, I don't know why that uh, triggered,
0: triggered her. <laughs> okay. Love it. We'll leave that in. <laughs> leave that. Um,
1: so after university, um, I knew I didn't want to go into public relations. Right. Um, having studied it.
3: Um,
1: And wasn't really that sure what I wanted to go into. um, So, but knew that I wanted to stay living where I was living. Um, I had a house with friends. um, You know, knew people that were still studying, and a couple of my friends were getting jobs in Mm -hmm. Preston. So I went to a recruitment agency to find out if they, what kind of (laughs) jobs they had and they said which is often the way with recruiters you know have you ever thought about working in a recruitment agency is that right is that yeah, that, that's that's the general routine, in dan for a lot of people because you know mo it's a great profession but most people don't think when they're 15 16 17 i really want to be working in recruitment right. um it, it you know it it's something people will fall into more often than not. Right. So I said, "No, you know, yes, I know a bit about recruitment agencies because I'd done a summer um, temping in an industrial recruitment business in Worcester, and I loved it. That that right. was and that was finding um, factory temps for um, places like Kay's Catalog and mm-hmm. uh, those kind of places." Um, so I'd really enjoyed that it was very fast paced it was um, talking to people it, it was good it was good fun mm-hmm. so I said you know I knew I knew a bit but tell me about it and they it was a small local business um, called Clayton recruitment and they um, talked to me about finance recruitment and said we we think that you'd be um, you know having had a chat to you we think that you'd actually be quite good at recruiting accountants (laughs) i I don't know how that assessment had been made i i knew absolutely nothing sounds like they knew what they were talking about though maybe but i knew nothing um nothing about you know recruiting accountants at all yeah um but she lynn lynn was her name um she was my first manager she was brilliant um, and she said, we 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 don't have the desk, i e, we haven't set it up, but we we think that actually chartered accountancy firms, so phoning firms of accountants and seeing if you can recruit for them, you'd they'd they'd react well to you. Right. Um, so that's what I did. And then <laughs> just start, you know, started going through the yellow pages, phoning accountancy firms and right. getting jobs on and then finding people to fill the jobs
0: oh cool so a bit of cold calling experience as well
1: yeah yeah <laughs> well all recruitment is you know all recruitment jobs are cold calling um yeah, I it's suppose so, yeah. so yeah it's it's cold calling is part of part of it um i'm not
0: saying it as a like a, a negative i i sort of wish that i'd have Do done something like that because i feel <laughs> like it sort of gives you really good experience of like yeah. being told no and yeah you know f- and and keeping going and and stuff. Yeah. Like it seems whenever I hear people in you know sort of doing sales training things like that, they often talk about some experience they had, yeah. you know, for a couple of years or something doing some kind of cold calling and sales. And it yeah. seems like that'd be a really good.
1: It is good experience. It, it it's hard, um, at first, but it it is good and yeah. it it gives you confidence to just Mm -hmm. pick the phone up Mm. it gives you you know you've got to you've got to have tenacity Mm. um, because most people won't react you know they very rarely will you make a cold call and they say yes I'm looking for this person can you recruit them for me Um, but some but they do if you make enough phone calls (laughs) you will get you will eventually get through you know and and back then so this was early you know this was 2000 um we we hadn't really gone full-on on on the internet um Mm. we you know it it was really was the yellow pages flicking through and making telephone calls um and it it was good it was a good good way to start um and I loved it. I, I lo- immediately liked accountants.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know where you are with them. They're, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're on the whole, you know, good, solid, nice, honest people. Yeah. Um, and I just felt a connection with them, which, which is really weird. We don't even have any accountants <laughs> in our family. I personally would be, you know, would not make a good accountant. My skill set is very different. To yeah. theirs, um, but I, I get, I suppose I got them, um, yeah. and I, I did that for a few years. I, I loved it, but slowly my friends were trickling to London,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I had no reason to stay in Preston, no, no right, family yeah. ties, and I, I definitely wanted the bright lights of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanted to give that a go, so so moved there, right. and then um, got a job in a, a, a big London finance recruitment um, agency called Goodman Masson, um, and did uh, carried on doing accountancy recruitment, so still recruiting for accountancy practices, but specialising in tax accountants, which is okay. f- ridiculously niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but believe it or not, it's quite a big world. Yeah, for them, Yeah, and um, and that's very much headhunting. Yeah. So that that is sort of identifying people that your clients would like, and right. then going out and approaching them, and okay. and that's very mu- that's all about building relationships over a long period of time. I was going
0: to say, how do you sort of how do you find those people? Yeah. You.
1: It, Especially it's, before sort it's, of a and Dan, it's a dark art, Dan. It's a dark art, and yeah, we didn't have LinkedIn back in those days, so we used to um, we used to pay research companies to. Um, I'm probably going to give away all the trade secrets now, but we we would pay research companies to come up with names, um, and then we would directly approach those people at their place of work. So okay, you would phone right. through, um, tell them that you. Um, you know, give it, it's it's a re, it's a phoning somebody at their place of work um, when you're approaching them and asking them if they're look you know if you can tempt them into a new job is quite a tricky call um, <laughs> and is a bit rude in all honesty you know yeah. and and can make that person feel very uncomfortable yeah. so you have to do it in a very delicate way. Yeah. Um, without too much talking um you don't want you you, you want the, the the receiver of the call to just be able to listen mm-hmm. so you have to be concise direct factual um you know don't don't i i i've never been a salesperson that makes up stuff and yeah, yeah. Um, pretends to be somebody's banker or yeah. grand, or any of that nonsense just just go through with direct um, information um, and a request, you know, I'd like to talk to you because Goring, I know that, you do
0: this. What does that call cool sound like then? When you, What's the script when you phone, phone to me up? headhunt you. Yeah, yeah headhunt <laughs> <me. laughs> it,
1: It's It's based. well, you've got to get through to them. So you've got to yeah. get through the switchboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just say, you know, I know you do this, Dan. Um, I'm looking for somebody with this sort of skill set. Um, I know you're at work and this is awkward. I don't expect you to talk to me now. If you are interested in at least hearing what I've got to say, absolutely no commitment is needed. Just give me your mobile number and I'll call you when you, when it's a bit more private to right, me at okay. home. And people say no, Yeah, yeah. fine. Um, but a lot of people will say yes. Right, um, and then you you've,
0: you've created a bit of intrigue there, I suppose. Yeah, I, I,
1: yes, and I think you've been honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does sound, um, sounds very honest. And
1: you've got something,
3: yeah.
0: and
1: you're and also you're not saying to them, you you know, you're not trying to do the whole thing in that call.
3: Mm. You
1: all you're actually saying is just hear what I've got to say.
2: Mm.
1: You know, there is no commitment. All you just need to sit and listen. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and in a way, what <laughs> have they got to lose? Mm. Um, yeah, but, you've you genuinely know, you, got something. You've that got could time, help them and, haven't uh, you? Got time to lose, and that's about it. Yeah. And if somebody's willing to phone you at nine o'clock at night, mm. tell you about something that could um, further your career, make you happier, potentially mm. get you more money, mm. um, what, what is fifteen minutes of your time?
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Um,
1: so that that's that that was the job, and then yeah. you. You phoned people at night, um, and then you tried to hook them in. Often they weren't interested at the time, and then you'd keep in touch with them for years. Right. And eventually, because yeah. you've pieced together information about them and what what would make them say yes and what their future aspirations are, eventually you can return to them with the right thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's a it's a it's a it's a long game. It takes yeah. a lot of patience. Yeah. Um, yeah so but it, it was great yeah um i you know i i loved it yeah um and i, le- I left that business um and i had a bit of a break and then went into doing that on a self-employed basis right okay um, and, and this was still in london wasn't it yeah, yeah still in london so set a set a business a tax recruitment business up with a a client not a client a, a work colleague
3: Mm.
1: um and we did that um for a few years and it it was brilliant Mm. but it it was full on it was um you know the hours that i was working um you know were were crazy when you're in london you know and then you're waiting to speak to people when they get home from their london jobs and back then we didn't have work-life balance and you know people just worked worked work yeah. Um, so I was waiting to speak to these tax people at sort of nine ten at night when they'd returned home from their jobs, yeah. um, and it 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 was just exhausting. <laughs> Plus we had staff, you know, we, we it was it was full on, and I just I I don't know if I burnt out, but I just it got to about two thousand and sort of seven, and I just hit a wall right, and had yeah. a but and had a real you know, suddenly got a real yearning to return to Worcester. Right, okay. Um, to, to return to my family, Yeah. I think, more than anything. Yeah. I loved London. My, th- when you move to London with your friends, they will start petering away from London. When you get to a certain age, everyone right. starts going home okay, um, yeah. to have children <laughs> and get married and all of those things. So people yeah. were kind of leaving. Um, I loved I loved it, but i I just I was exhausted, yeah. and I think i I just I just had this real yearning to return back to Worcestershire and, right. and back to where I'd grown up, and I coincidentally had then met my husband. Um, who is from the same area. Um, So he'd he'd also had a life in London, but um, he'd returned back here. And so it all kind of collided at the same time. I came back here, carried on with the tax recruitment, Mm -hmm. but carried on on my own. um, And loved that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, um, I set the agenda. It was, (laughs) um, I could work when I wanted. Um, I then had my children. And when my children were young, you know for me having flexible working arrangements when they were very small was was massive
3: mm-hmm.
1: um because um i did want to be involved with their lives and mm-hmm. um you know w- wanted to be a hands-on mother but also needed to work and um had this you know this this tax car- recruitment career so was able to make money from it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it was brilliant. It was great to do with my children. But once both the children were in school, I thought actually, I'm now a bit lonely. I'm a little bit bored with tax accountants. <laughs> so I, I love, I love them. They're they're brilliant. But I've I've had, I've had enough of this world now. I need right. something different, um, and I, and I just had this massive yearning um, to be with people in an office. Right. So where, whereas most people get really fed up of that <laughs> and want to be self-employed yeah, yeah. and want to do it on their own, I just had this real yearning within me to get back into the office. Um,
0: Sounds like maybe f- f- you know from your childhood, from being yeah, around uh, all so. those people all the time.
1: I think so. Because <laughs> like, I that's what I love about um, what I love about my job. I love being in the office. I love being with people. Yeah. Um, I love the office, you know, it's it's as simple as the office banter. Yeah. You know, it's it's very basic human needs. Yeah. And mine are definitely being um with people. Yeah. And and I think you're right. That definitely comes from a childhood of being surrounded by people yeah. all the time.
0: Yeah. Okay. So and then um so Ballard's set up for
1: Yeah. So I I went to Ballard's um really with a ballards had been thinking about well that they their clients kept approaching them to help with recruitment so Mm -hmm. you know they would they would say you know we need a a new finance manager do you know anyone that's quite Uh, normal you know clients will ask their accountant if they know people Mm. and i think there was a general feeling of actually we could perhaps offer this service
3: mm-hmm.
1: in a more formal way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I knew I needed to go back to an office. I was pretty certain going to a recruitment business in Worcester or Birmingham would not work for me. I, I, I felt at the time I was far too entrenched in tax recruitment and self-employment to really right, be able yeah. to kind of, I wasn't sure Um, how good I'd be at general recruitment Um, and I wasn't sure I could go from being self-employed to working for somebody else Mm -hmm. in a recruitment business where Mm. I would then not have any control. So Mm. I thought... Well, I did. I, I actually did think when I was kind of daydreaming about making this move, the perfect place for me would be an accountancy firm. But, but really, what would I do in one, uh, not yeah. being an accountant? <laughs> um, so I, you know, ad- identified a few local accountancy firms with the view to maybe doing their recruitment for them, mm-hmm. which is is something I'd I would have been able to do, having you know recruited for accountancy firms really all my career. Yeah. So. But just being in-house, you know, just recruiting. But right. but Ballard's already had that provision, um, but they spoke to me about this idea of offering recruitment services to their clients. So I I, I came on board to do that, um, which was a huge step for me at the time. You mm. know, I, I really did feel like, um, would I be able to um, cope in an office? Um, you know, will, will I get on with people again? Um yeah. You know, I've been on my own for so long. Is, is what what what, what, what <laughs> am I am I? Are, can people work with me? And it, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, we. I think as, I think everybody starts a new job, with this, um, or or most people start a new job and at some point get this imposter syndrome feeling. Mm-hmm. And I coach yeah. a lot of my candidates about this, and I think women women and men suffer from it, but women. I do feel women get an attack of this more you know they beat themselves up a bit more and and they feel you know and I warn everyone who who I place you know at some point in your first couple of weeks you'll you'll probably start to think I have come my way into this job (laughs) you know how am I going to deliver what I've promised I can do Um, and you do you always do you just relax into it and and quite quickly you realize you know what you're doing and that's what happened with Ballard's it was I just loved it from the get-go, yeah. and actually, um, I loved working with the clients. And we were getting roles in, and it was brilliant. and And it quite quickly became obvious. Look, we need to formalise this. get Get a proper agency set up. Mm-hmm. And um, Ballard's have always um, let me run with that. They've They've True. supported it from the from day dot. They They could see the opportunity. You know, I was a little bit. Um, tired of um you know I'd run a recruitment agency I'd worked for myself for many years albeit me but I'd still run a recruitment business it it had you know it did everything a recruitment business did so a little part of me was like here we go again um (laughs) but actually um it was brilliant it was the best thing and um we I could diversify away from tax recruitment to general finance, and now mm-hmm. we do these office support roles as well. Okay. And it's it's brilliant. I love what we do. And yeah. and I think because we, you know, Foursquared recruits for lots of businesses, it doesn't specialise in recruiting for accountancy firms. Mm-hmm. It recruits for manufacturers, for schools, for hospitals, for um, a little taxi company, yes. a, a one man band, a restaurant. It's right. so diverse. Um, that you and business is so interesting different you get to see inside lots of different businesses yeah. and there's and no one business is the same they're all <laughs> so different um and you get to see some really inspi and inspiring places to work yeah. so it's so varied um that i love it um yep. and it, it's it's worked out brilliantly and i i i feel like i have got the best of both worlds as i said to you earlier i i get mm. to run this amazing business, I get to manage, you know, an amazing team. But I also get this support
3: yeah. um,
1: and this, 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 you know, the back office functions, and and I get to be within this accountancy firm that yeah. I really like and 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 I am impressed by. And um, you know, there's some real talent in there that I, I get to be around yeah. on a day-to-day basis, and that's brilliant. Yeah, it's great, yeah, and I get my office bounce,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like a, an ideal setup, and, and kind of, yeah, ballads seem like they kind of think outside the box a bit. And they definitely sort of, do. You know, that's, I, uh,
1: I don't think there's many accountancy firms that have got kind of recruitment arms in quite yeah. the same way. You know, they are, their modern thinking's trap line, it's, it's true you know they are modern thinking they are you know I visited um, and recruited for hundreds of accountancy firms in my career Um, and they are definitely you know in my mind they are a bit different Mm. Um, you know and they do do you know they accountancy services that that, that lots of other accountancy firms do but I think they do offer a slightly different way of doing that and Mm -hmm. they are you know, it, it, it's not just about those traditional accountancy services, it's looking at businesses, their clients as a whole, and mm-hmm. actually where else can we add value? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where else can we, um, you know, help you identify a need?
2: Yeah,
3: um, yeah.
1: You know, over and above the traditional accounts, audit, tax, yeah, offering. Yeah. Um, and they've got, you know, having recruited accountants for so long, they've got some real talent in the business. They've mm. got some you know some some more experienced, some young they've got a full range um yeah. of of some impressive people
0: yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah i I,
1: cool. I i'm I'm very positive about you know ballads and what what they've achieved
0: yeah yeah excellent, and um yeah, you're just saying then about uh you know the diverse range of businesses that you work for, and I always think that's the interesting thing about niching is like how diverse it is in a yeah. way because no, it is, people think, it? oh, I'm going to be doing the same thing. I don't want to do the same. I don't want to get stuck. But you start doing it and actually you realise there's loads to it, yeah. even if you're in one yeah one Cause, area. Because you know? we're
1: niche in that we're finance and we're offer yeah. support, but we're, we can deal with any type of business. Yeah. And it is so interesting because, you know, ju- just with COVID, you know, seeing how our different Clients adapted, you know, to that mm. has been an eye opener. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, some businesses adapted very quickly, and you know, all businesses had a huge shock. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anyone out there that can say um, we predicted COVID and um, <laughs> we were ready for it. Yeah. You know, I, I've certainly not spoken to anyone. My, my own business didn't. Um. You know, but I think that the way people have dealt with it has been very interesting yeah, um, yeah. to putting in their head in the sand and not dealing with it, to yeah. you know getting it dealt with very quickly and being able to carry on. Um, and, and we're almost starting to see the result of that in the recruitment market. Mm. You know the market at the moment is very busy and there are there is a lack of job seekers. But. So we we've got a lot of roles, um, and and that's for two reasons. I think that there's a there's probably a um, you know a lot of businesses probably well they did pause recruitment probably mm-hmm. you know put it on the back burner. So there is a bit of pent up mm-hmm. need, but there's also um, I you know there aren't in my mind you know there isn't a glut of job seekers out there and and the reason for that is i think that um on the whole quite a few people are happy because we covid has made us re as employers may you know it's made employers really look at flexible working Mm -hmm. to really look at mental health in -hmm. the workplace um you know, a different way of doing things.
3: Mm. So,
1: in in some ways, people have almost got a new job. Mm. They're in their old jobs, mm. but their old job kind of was flipped on its head.
3: Uh. Things that
1: they didn't have before, they've now got. So, flexible working arrangements, um, you know, an employer that's actually taking mental health seriously, uh, you know, an increased sort of um, sense of team and
3: mm. those
1: sorts of things are actually fairly happy you know i i I talk to people now who you know will listen to the job i've got it ticks every box for their career
3: Mm.
1: but because they've got a dog at home who doesn't you know they've got a dog they, they they've been there through lockdown the dog is not comfortable with them going back to the office full time they will pass over a job that ticks all those Career boxes because they need those two or three days at home, wow. and that is very important to people now. Yeah, there's um, a lot of
0: dogs now.
2: There's well. a lot of
3: dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of dogs. There's kids. There's and and people have adapted.
2: Yeah,
1: but on the whole, still got the job done.
2: Yeah,
1: so they're in a position to say, I don't want to return
2: mm.
3: to the
1: the office for five days. And if you make me do that, then I'll I'll be forced to look around. And so often the first question they'll ask me is, you know, what are the flexible working arrangements? Right,
0: Okay. So it's really on people's minds. yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, when I first started in recruitment, it was long hours. It was all about, you know, people's people's needs were, were more money mm. um, progression
3: yeah um,
1: you know I know I've got to be in the office eight till eight that's fine that's expected it's what it is
3: yeah
1: um, now young people are not looking for that you know it, it's and and I'll, you know any job seeker really it's it's much more about does this company care about me mm-hmm. you know what what is their mental health? provision, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um, how flexible are they going to be? Because I don't want to come to work at nine o'clock every day, Mm. actually. Some days I want to start at four, you know, start at eight and finish at four. Mm. And some days I want to start at nine and finish at five. But I want that flexibility. um, And I'm willing to, um, you know, perhaps take a slightly lower salary, to achieve mm-hmm. that, right. um, so it's 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 very different. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, it's it's and you, I think people now are very focused on well, what is the company culture of this business? Mm. You know, I don't care about the salary. What I want to know is, what what's it feel like to work in that business?
0: Be interesting to see kind of what types of businesses and roles then prevail in a few years' time, won't mm. it? To see you know, if if people return to kind of, well, we've got to put in the hours to get the job done kind of thing and it goes back that way, or if it goes, you know, carries on on the...
1: I think it's... I I think we've got a lot of work to do to work it all out, really. I think we're all, you know, every business is different. I think we're all trying to get to grips with what the future does look like. Mm. Um, You know, lots of my clients will argue but I need people here to be able to form a team, you know, to be mm. able to bounce ideas off each other. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, what, I, what I'm tending to hear is that people want a mix.
3: Mm. You
1: know, they do want to come to the office. It, it, it has got lonely at home. Mm. Um, you know, me and my team, um, we, of course, like everyone else, we returned home. it it was traumatic because the world was crumbling around us. Mm. Um, But we we were lucky, we had the kit. Mm. Um, We were able to very quickly, well the next day really work from home. Mm. Um, So it didn't really stop the work, but it did stop our social interaction and it stopped Mm. our ability to hear each other and Mm. bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, Um, yeah. But so it, it But but do people really need to be back in the office for five days? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of work I think that will go into this, and who knows what it will end up looking yeah, like. It but it's a very interesting time. Yeah. Um, but I am you know if an em- if if an employer comes to us and wants somebody in five days, that's becoming quite tricky for us to find somebody right. that's willing to do that. Right. There are the odd. People who you know really don't like it at home, and mm. it's not you know working from home is not conducive to everyone.
2: No, no, you know, we That's saw right. that in the
1: pan in, in the in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, some people don't have the space, yeah, they've got children at home, you know, they want to be in the office,
0: it, yeah. they want
1: to be working with other people. So, it's an interesting time, mm. you know, it'd be, it'd be good to well, it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out,
0: definitely, definitely. Well. We've just come up to an hour and a quarter. <laughs> Would you believe it goes it? so quickly? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so uh, uh, again, people find you at 4 squaredcom Yeah. You're on LinkedIn. Yeah. I so can definitely look you up on there if they find Emma Richardson, and then uh, Four Squared Recruitment is on uh, LinkedIn That's as right. well, so they can yeah. go to all those places. But yeah. um, no, thank you very much. That was thank uh, you, very Dan. interesting and uh, entertaining Good. and all the rest of it. So. Thank you. Appreciate your time.
1: Appreciate you having me. (laughs) Take care. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.